and welcome to episode 36 of the 1099. As always, I am your host, Josiah Renauden, and with me today are two people who have played Dark Souls 3 and really want to talk about Dark Souls 3, and I really want to talk about Dark Souls 3. Uh, first, we have a freelancer, game maker, and editor extraordinaire, and my former editor, Kevin Van Ord, returning guest. Kevin, how are you doing today? Oh, hi. I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be back. I feel like I'm, I'm just going to keep adding different things in front of like your title. Like I'm going to keep just throwing random things on there to make it longer, longer, and longer. Yeah, I just do a lot of things now. That's actually what I'll just say next time. Guy who does a lot of things, Kevin <laughs> Van Ord. Uh, speaking Works of guy who does a lot of things. We also have a freelancer from Paste, Zam, Games Beat, Vice, and a handful of others that I didn't mark down. It's uh, Cyril Vasquez. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I am fantastic. And like I said, we all played Dark Souls 3. The embargo has either just lifted when I'm posting this, or this is the week of release. We're still kind of determining that. But similar to the Firewatch podcast, this is one of those games that I played and immediately was like, I want to talk to other people who played this. Uh, so just up front, this episode is devoted to just this game, not a whole bunch of like you know advice about writing. The only advice you'll get is whether or not you should play Dark Souls 3. There will be spoilers. I don't think we're going to go super in-depth each boss, but you know if if you're one of those people who don't want to know anything about Dark Souls 3 until you complete it, then you should hold on to this podcast and listen to it after you complete the game. So with that out of the way, uh, just to kind of kick things off for the both of you, and uh, we can start with you, Kevin. How many hours did you put into the game, if, if you remember? Like, it, it, just a rough estimate, and what class did you pick? Prob- I, I, probably about 50 hours, I would guess. Um, 45 or 50 hours from beginning to end to, to beat it. I, there, there are some spots that I haven't gotten to. Like, apparently, there, there's uh, a hidden area that I didn't know existed until I had a chat with someone. So I still have oh, to. Can I know what to area get that is? That. Is that late game? Uh, it's, so there's a spot, and uh, I don't know the name of it, but there's a spot where you cross this bridge, and the, the bridge will collapse. It's a, like a, a hanging bridge and the bridge will collapse and usually a bunch of skeletons will go down with it. So the bridge actually turns into a ladder and you can climb down it into a, into a new area. And I had no idea. Quick question. Is that, so is that the bridge that leads to the big undead boss with the bracelets or is that a different bridge? Yeah. Yeah. That's the bridge. That bridge bridge never collapsed for me. It's supposed to collapse. It's uh, it collapses when there's a when you get enough skeletons on it. So if you so the the thing that I did is I just ran around it. I figured out a path around it because I saw it. It was all rickety, and I was like, uh, I should probably not fall into it because that felt like one of those traps. But you're, I think, if you run into it and then enough skeletons get on it, it'll collapse and you'll be able to climb it down, climb down it, and head into the uh, secret yeah. area. Did that part look really kind of like buggy to anyone else? Because I'm I'm running it on I'm playing on PC and it, it you know I have it mostly close to max settings, but I remember going across that bridge and then turning around and there were like what looked like 99 skeletons coming out all at once and they almost looked like they were in like claymation stop motion because like just the number of enemies on screen could not handle. Is that did anyone else experience that or am I crazy? Yeah, that that actually does happen a bit. I mean, and Dark Souls is hardly um, alone in this. Um, lots of MMOs do this too, where especially if it's if they're a certain distance away, they'll just kind of move. They'll they'll be missing a lot of animation frames so that they can all render. Hmm. So that's that. Yeah, I did experience that in this game. Not yeah. not heavily, but that's only because I I might have only done that bit like I don't know four, three four times just because I I beat that boss in in you know like maybe two goes. 
I did so, not like that boss at the start, but I guess we'll get more into bosses a little bit. What class were you yeah. coming? Oh, uh, what class was I? See, this not that it matters too much. Warrior, I think, is what I first choose, but I but I always sort of approach Dark Souls as like, you know, I just choose whatever seems to have the the stats I kind of like starting out, and then it just becomes its own thing after just a couple of levels. It's like, well, this is the way I'm gonna go, and then yeah. I just sort of mix and match as I go. So. I, th- I think warrior was what I chose, though. Because for me, it was just like I want to be able to swing something real hard and hurt people, and I also want to be able to throw a fireball. So pyromancer was my like obvious. Yeah, I think that's what I was in the original Dark Souls two, and I remember just being like, this fireball, although it's not great late game unless you really kind of spec for it, it's really good early game to just light dudes on fire. Yeah, uh, and from some sort of distance. So uh, Suriel, what? How many hours did you put into this? I put it. Um... I'm at like a 54, I think, but I put in about 45 to beat the whole game, and I'm going back and getting some more optional bosses in for a couple of video things I'm doing. Uh, and were you also Warrior, and did you do Pyromancer? What did you choose? Uh, I went Pyromancer because yeah. uh, I got it about, I think, a week or so after everyone else did for review. Mm-hmm. So I figured, okay, I remember the uh, the Pyromancer class being kind of the get-through-the-starting-areas-faster-than-usual character because they had a ranged attack and a lot of the early enemies are really susceptible to it. So I figured if I'm going to get this review done by embargo, uh, I need to give myself that advantage. And it ended up not being too bad. I, I managed to finish it uh, with a, with more than a few days to write the review. So, But yeah, that's what I went with. I went with Pyromancer. So here's a question mostly for me. Um, I've put about... <laughs> the game clock says around... 10 hours which feels wrong to me i would assume closer to 15 i don't really know how accurate the game clock is how close am i to the end of this game if i have just passed this bridge if i just got that doll and i'm going through this area am i not even close am i semi-close you're not close not close no all right that makes me happy because i want to play a lot more of this uh and i here's a really weighted question that i'm going to start with you kevin uh oh great here we we go here's the here's the big one do you like dark souls 3 Yes, I like Dark Souls 3. Um, then again, I think all of the Souls games, including Bloodborne, are are great in their own way. And I would certainly put Dark Souls 3 on that list. But I have very strong feelings about sort of the hierarchy, the Dark Souls hierarchy. Oh, I want to hear your Dark Souls hierarchy so badly. better than the rest? Um, and actually, it's funny because I probably have more problems with Dark Souls 3 then I actually have problems with the other Souls games. Really? I still think it's great, but there are things that really disappointed me about it. Um, probably probably in some ways even more than Dark Souls 2. And a lot of people... I feel like Dark Souls 2 gets a, a bit of a bad rap. Um, and I think that now that I've played and finished Dark Souls 3, it's easier for me to articulate the things that I really love about Dark Souls 2 now that... You know, now that the series has moved on, and and that I can identify what those things were that that speak to me about Dark Souls too. But um, I would probably put Dark Souls one at the top of the list, mm-hmm. and then follow that with so it would go Dark Souls one, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Dark Souls three, Dark Souls two is probably the order I would put them in from from most awesome too awesome if that makes sense yeah i know it does and i i think okay i haven't actually played dark souls 2 it's the one i haven't played i own it uh but i think i got it after bloodborne and it even felt weird to kind of go backward even though i know they're different things uh but in terms of what i've played 
I think I agree with that list, even though, like you, so far from what I've played of Dark Souls 3, I do really, really like it. I've, I've, there's nothing about it. I have some weirdness with the difficulty, but I think a lot of that has to do with me like completing an area well before I should have and then getting way overpowered. But, uh, Serial, how, what's your, what's your Dark Souls depth chart? What is your Dark Souls ranking here? Uh, I definitely agree that uh, one is probably the best one, but I think my ranking would probably go like Dark Souls, Demon Souls, three, two, and then Bloodborne. I oh, think Bloodborne ooh. is probably it's it, again it, it is a list for like Kevin said it is it is a list that goes from most awesome to awesome. Uh, but I think Dark Souls is probably the one that sort of impacted me the least. It, it's not like a bad game, but it was definitely the one I left uh, feeling least compelled to go back to after i finished it you mean bloodborne right yeah bloodborne okay so you then you do like dark souls 3 a lot like this is yeah i like it i like it quite a bit yeah and a lot of what i kind of felt like i heard this is an outsider looking at the dark souls 2 response was that it it just it wasn't as satisfying as the other games uh i i know a lot of people were just saying like uh you can kind of you you, I, i hear very often you can skip dark souls 2 does Dark Souls 3, and I'll start with you, Serial, does it feel like does it feel like almost the true Dark Souls 2, if you're just cutting Dark Souls 2, or does this feel like a natural evolution? Like, 1 to 2 to 3, it's a natural evolution of games. Or are you one of those people who kind of sees Dark Souls 2 as this stopgap or something that you can kind of skip over? Well, I, I do agree that it is sort of like the, the Dark Souls 2 that we didn't get in, like, Dark Souls 2 or Bloodborne. But I think that... Um, Two, I like two because it is very different from one, and I think all of the game, all the games since even Demon Souls have tried something new, and I think this is the first one that doesn't really have like a very obvious difference, uh, like to set it apart from the rest of the games. But in that way, I feel yeah. like it is sort of like, oh, this is I, I felt like I'd missed this uh, in playing Dark Souls two and Bloodborne. It sort of gave me this like, oh, this is. This feels like Dark Souls more than any other game has since that game came out, and I I didn't know that I that I'd missed that. I thought I thought I'd always wanted something new and original and something like completely different from the last game, but this sort of was like falling into a comfort zone, which is a weird thing to say from a Souls game. But I actually really enjoyed that po- that part of it. Interesting, because I cause, I mean because I I feel the same way. Like I feel like Dark Souls three is sort of a a Dark Souls greatest hits kind of thing where. You know, everything is very expected. Um, but I had a little bit of the opposite reaction in terms of in terms of how that struck me. Because on one hand it's like, okay, I know, you know, I know Dark Souls, this feels right, this feels really good, I know how to how to progress through this place. But what was missing was that sense of something really creative to to make it interesting to me. And and uh so I look back at the original Dark Souls and I think, well, there's Sen's Fortress, and that's that's a place that I thought was really, really cool. And it was very different from, you know, all the other stuff. And, and, uh, I kept wishing while I played dark souls three, that it had something like Sen's fortress or that it had something like the dark souls two DLC. So it had, you know, said some interesting environmental puzzles and ways to move through the environment or something like the, the Pharaoh's Lockstones mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And I kept waiting for that gameplay variation to come or that 
interesting way of handling the level design. And I, I look back on like Dark Souls 1 and I remember those moments where you unlock a shortcut and the way that two areas would would come suddenly be accessible from each other would blow my mind. And yeah. in Dark Souls 3, all of the shortcuts are exactly the shortcut that you expect because you see exactly where the shortcut's going to be and you know what's going to be in that area and there's not going to be any kind of, you know, sudden freaky connection between two previously disparate areas. And so all of that stuff sort of combined for me to the point where I was like, where is the super interesting level design aspect? I think people that played Dark Souls 2 and thought, hey, this is more linear than I wanted it to be. Um, I think we'll be really surprised that Dark Souls 3 in that sense is is maybe even more so in that respect really straightforward in, in terms of how you move through the world and interact with it. I really wish there had been – I mean there's a – there's that place, there's the catacombs where you have like the rolling balls of corpses. Oh god, fuck those things. Place. But that's – to me, that's the really only interesting sort of – you know, trap thing. I was like, where, where's the cool traps? Where's the cool drop offs? You know, I never had to worry about falling, falling off stuff for the most part. There, there are some exceptions, but you know, and, and then there were, I never felt like I was making an interesting choice. Like in the past, it's like, okay, well, here's this NPC. Do I want to kill them or do I want to keep them alive? And mm-hmm. if I keep them alive, what's the consequence? And it never, it never struck me that there was ever an interesting consequence for things like that. And the only thing that really ever stood out was the bit where, and you're not there yet, Josiah, but there's a bit where you can stick your head in wax to avoid getting cursed by these ghostly hands that come out of walls and ceilings. And it, it was like, it was to me like the only part where it's like, okay, there's an idea here. Mm. And that that was really cool. But then the rest of it was like there. It just felt very short on ideas. And that's where I think that Dark Souls 2 had really set me up for something more interesting than Dark Souls 3 was. It, it kind of, as Suriel says, it goes back to the Dark Souls 1. But I don't think that was always as satisfying for me because I was really hoping for that big surprise. And yeah. that moment never came for me. Uh, in so. in terms of NPCs, there was one like early ish on this dude with like chains on him who said like he either like wanted you to kill him or just end it for him. And if you don't, you talk to him and he goes back to your like home base. Uh, and he you go up and talk to him and he gives you like one free stat boost points. I'm I I promise I'm not talking yeah. gibberish. Yeah, this is a thing that happens. Uh, yeah. and I just went over to check up on him again and he's dead now. Yep. So. He- that, yeah, he got killed in my game as well. Yeah, so that was one thing in terms of NPCs, and I agree for the most part, Kevin, there's not a lot of that out there so far for me. But that was one thing where I was like, huh, like that was weird and unexpected. But for me so far, Dark Souls 3 has felt like Dark Souls comfort food in a way, where I haven't, I really haven't, like you, I haven't really been surprised by a lot. And I've almost gotten cocky with Dark Souls, where I am blowing by many times I'm, i've never dashed by enemies this much in a dark souls game where i'm just like yeah it's fine like, i'll get souls later i'm not worried about these guys and i'll just run through it uh and i really have it hasn't bit me in the ass too much i haven't come up to a boss and I'm like well i haven't i need to go grind a lot i need to get stronger like because none of the bosses so far have really 
stuck out as like this really difficult thing I can't get through. So far, the most difficult one I've had, I struggled with the one, and I'm the worst with ever naming anything in a TV series, a movie, or video games. I always forget their names. But this is the one where uh, dude with long sword who dashes a lot, and like three of them will show up. Two of them will attack you, and then there's one version of himself, like a clone, that'll attack the other two. Uh, uh, those are the abyss launchers. That's it. And um, I struggle with that one, but also if you use Ember and you're, you know, alive, uh, there is a, like, helper that you can get right there who I think is just, it's not a online person. It's just a, like, another spirit you can bring into the game. And that person was enough of a distraction that I beat that in, I think, my fifth or sixth try. But that's the most, like, troubles out with the boss. Most of them have either finished in my first or second try. So I don't know if it is a... There are so many of these games now, not so many, but enough of these games now that I'm starting to just understand the loop and understand how to tackle a lot of different areas, a lot of different enemies, a lot of different bosses. But I haven't had a lot of surprise. The The actual design of the world, I I do enjoy getting into a new area and seeing all these different ways and being like, all right, should I go straight? Should I go to the right? If I go straight, suddenly that forks and there's another forked pathway. So you kind of have to keep in your head like, okay, where do I need to actually go to do this? I just haven't really, I hate, I hate doing the thing where it's like, which is the hardest of these games, but this one so far has just been the easiest for up to where I am, and I'm not sure if that's because I just have played a lot of these games, or if this one doesn't do enough to surprise me. I actually agree that, uh, the, that most of the bosses um, are relatively easy. I actually think that the world combat is actually a little bit harder than i was expecting but that the bosses themselves uh didn't really present a challenge until the final two um, with heard. a couple exceptions here and there um but it, so it was really interesting actually there was a you know ign put up a an article about how the first dark souls boss is so incredibly hard and it, it, it sort of cocked my head it's like oh really uh, because I beat that in one try, mm-hmm. and that's really strange to me that <laughs> that, uh, that that anybody would really go into it thinking that, um, especially when uh, both Dark Souls and Demon Souls, the first the first boss you encounter, you're not even meant to beat. Yeah, um, it can be done, but it's very very difficult. And in in this case, it's just a very typical first boss and it's like down it goes because i've done these games before and so i just used the usual tactics and and it was fine so also i very often and so so one of my favorite parts about this series is being able to get online and join someone else's game or have someone join me there's something special about the fact that you can't really communicate with them other than bowing and cheering and kind of just you know environmental stuff and there's something really fun about tackling a boss after you've so you've hit your head against it multiple times and you're just like, I just can't beat this thing. I don't feel like grinding. I'm going to grab someone and get them in my game. And I would take advantage of that often. And right now, uh, you can't do that. Servers are off, correct? Like right now, you can't actually get anyone else into your game? Yeah, I don't think I've been able to find anybody uh, playing on But that might be because we're playing on PC, which I think oh, yeah. is probably the, the least supported platform in terms of review copies. I, yeah. I'm not sure about that, but it definitely seems like everyone... I've seen talking about the game online is either playing on uh, PS4 or Xbox. And like there's still messages and everything you can read, which has been super helpful. Like there's always yeah. the, the fun like, hey, this is a this is an invisible wall thing. Like you should really hit this or, you know, 
you should jump down here and get an item, which it's always great when that's just someone being an asshole and they're like, kidding, you just die. But I had, once again, I, I usually play these games after I, if I struggle with, let's say, three really hard bosses in a Dark Souls or one of those games, I try to do it co-op and I haven't had the ability to do co-op and I still haven't had any issue with these bosses. So, and none of them have really just, none of them stick in my head. I was trying to think like, okay, what boss do I want to talk about that was really visually or mechanic wise, like stunning or surprising. And again, I am not that deep into the game, but from like the eight or so, eight or nine bosses I fought, like none of them really stand out other than that one, like the the three assholes with swords that killed me a whole bunch, but that's only because they killed me a whole bunch. So other than that, like, like Serial, have you seen a boss where you're like, this is amazing, this is like a, a top, this is a top 10, I'm just going to write an article on it, this is a top 10 Demon Souls boss, is there anything like that so far? Uh, so I definitely think the last boss it's not the hardest boss in the game, but um, it's definitely sort of probably one of my favorites in the series just because it feels like a moment more than most of the other bosses in the, in that game. Um, and I had a lot of trouble with a, with a boss uh, called the Dancer of the Boreal Valley, which um, at some point you get it. You just sort of um, encounter that boss automatically after you beat a certain number of bosses. Uh, so and so I didn't know that, and I thought I was just I'm just stuck here with with her. Uh, I didn't know that it was in a previous area, and that you could go back and uh, hit up a bonfire. So yep. <laughs> uh, that ended up being the 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 boss that gave me the most trouble so far. I haven't beaten everyone. I still have one more uh, boss. Um, but I think most of most of my biggest issue, most of my biggest issues in terms of difficulty have been in areas are outside of bosses. Um, probably the the enemy that gave me the most trouble was this uh this sort of NPC uh, knight that was in one of the um, I'm not sure what the name of the area is called but it's an area that is kind of like the cat I think it's towards the end of the catacombs um, there's like a, a room filled with fire and this knight with an enormous sword just runs up to you with this enormous sword and I just couldn't beat him because uh you fight him in this very thin hallway and he has a he has a sword that reaches really far and you can't sort of dodge sideways and that guy gave me a ton of trouble until i figured out that um i could push him into the lava uh near near that room uh and i eventually just hit him with my shoe uh while he was blocking so many times that he just ran into the lava and he just kind of stuck there and died but yeah most of the um most of the hard bits have been outside of bosses um and i think a lot of that has to do with there, there just seem to be more enemies that are really nimble in this game than in past games. Um, like in that area uh, with the Abyss Watchers, there are those uh, those Black Knights. Not the not the actual Black Knights, but these um, soldiers with black armor and swords that fight all the other enemies in the area as well. Oh, oh yep. And those guys are, like, just getting to that boss was probably really difficult because those guys could kill you as easily as you would... Uh, as you would run up, try to run up to the boss, but yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I hate, I hate any sequence where I'm at a bonfire and I know, like, okay, in order to get to the boss, I have to get through this area with enough enemies that are probably gonna like, either like take half my health away or force me to use an Estus flask or two. Like, I know, yeah, adds to the difficulty, but fuck that. Like, I hate that so much. I want a bonfire three inches from where I need to go in to fight the <laughs> boss, and that area was the one where I was like, okay, I'll let these guys kill these guys. And then they'll be down to half, and I'll try to fight them, but they're yeah. just awful, and they keep grabbing me. So I ran into an interesting uh, 
circumstance with those. So usually what I would do is I would let them, you know, I would let them kill as many as possible and you could walk up in a way where you could basically get most of the enemies down except one. Mm-hmm. I discovered a way to kind of do that where they would just all kill each other. Um, but of course you had to take time. You couldn't just run or you'd, but one of the times when I ran, I ran into the area, I ran into the boss fight, which is the Abyss Watchers. And you know how enemies will hang outside of the fog door and swing at you if you get right get against the door and can actually yes. damage you through the fog. So they can actually damage the boss that way as well. And that particular boss, some of them are damageable by NPCs because that's how the boss is set up to work. And so I actually won because I got the boss close to the door and they helped me out. Oh my god. <laughs> that's awesome so yeah. that was really interesting i felt like i was like like m- m- parts of dark souls in general it didn't feel very much like an incredible victory as much as it felt like i exploited a problem in order to win but i still won <laughs> there's something yeah. unique about the feeling of exploiting a boss or a big enemy in this like in, in all dark souls games but were there any other did you find any other bosses or anything else that you could cheese like like arrows from a distance or throwing well, shit at them there's a there's a spot where there's this sort of two-bodied dragon uh on top of this building and it's it's meant to be like okay you're supposed to dodge the dragon or whatever and go around and and do all that stuff so all i did is i just pulled out my giant crossbow and i just used up a hundred a hundred bolts <laughs> and killed it but Truth be told, that's how I beat the red dragon on the the dragon on the bridge in Demon Souls. I was going to say that is like calling way back. at it. Yeah, so that the the thing with that is you can do it, but it never really feels like it never really feels fun. Like you know the the place where you have the th- there's the place where you have the two chained giants at either end, you know, in the water area. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Um so in one of those cases, I found a way, and I don't remember the details, but I found a way to cheese one of those giants and then just whittle it down until it was dead. And that that also didn't really feel like it, it really basically entailed the getting up behind it on the little staircase behind it, just chopping, chopping it up a little bit and then. Uh, rolling back onto the staircase and then he would just go he would just sit down again and then just doing that over and over and over again until he was dead so uh i mean there are like the other dark souls games there are chances to to do stuff like that or to take advantage of the enemy leash area there's a spot and this is this is major spoiler so you you return to an orlando and there's a spot um where you where there are these I think there's four or six, I forget how many, like really powerful knights that patrol those stairs. Mm-hmm. And you can pull them in a way so that you can just, you know, get one. He'll look and see, you know, he'll reach the area where he won't follow you anymore. And then he'll just turn around and start walking back and then just exploit that fact over and over and over again until they're dead. <laughs> yeah, they did uh, that a lot too towards the end. So there is there is stuff like that. I I do want to say that there are a couple boss fights that did stand out for me in terms of not so much the mechanics but the visual design or something about the the presentation that stood out. One of them is the uh is the tree. <laughs> it's a giant tree that oh, you fight. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot that happened. 
Um, there's there's this whole thing where the floor falls out underneath you and you land in the cavern beneath. And it's an optional boss, so you may may not fight it. But uh, that moment stands out for me as just like, oh, this is a seminal kind of Dark Souls moment where the floor gives way and you land down beneath. Uh, it's terrifying to... when it happens the first time because my first yeah, time I was, was like, like, I fucked what up. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Am I stand like I and true when I'm falling, I'm like, oh. Am I standing in a bad place and I'm falling to my death? But no, it's scripted. It's supposed to happen. And it's it's that moment was awesome. Um, I didn't have troubles with the Dancer of the Boreal Valley, but I did really like the visual design so much of the Dancer that so you can turn in these moss clumps or something like that to the uh, I, they're moss ashes, clumps or something. Ashes. That's it. Ashes. Okay. Yes. Um, and turn them into her and she'll, that'll unlock new stuff. And so the dancer's armor is one of the things that you unlock. And then I bought the dancer's armor and that became, uh, one of my go-to sets. And that was actually one of the things I love most about this game, by the way, is that, I mean, there were in previous dark souls, there was always, you know, a plus to being able to change in and out of armor, depending on the situation, but I feel like for the most part, you could always just keep on the thing that you always wear without too much trouble. Unless it was like, oh, here's the poison area and I'm going to put on a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, assists me with poison. But for the most part, you can just like keep the same stuff on. But yeah. I felt like in Dark Souls 3, the way everything, you know, there was enough variation in terms of whether the enemies were, you know, heavily armored or whether they were very nimble and, and that kind of stuff where I actually got a lot out of changing into different armor sets depending on the circumstance and her armor was great but then i also you know wore the undead legion armor a lot um and unfortunately i didn't have enough uh whatever the stat is that lets you wear heavier stuff i reached Uh, the point where i could is it endurance or is it something else i always there are a couple that's yeah. Like stamina and endurance. Yeah, there's like and... a it's a little bit all over the place, but that's the thing about like for me, usually like Dark Souls, Demon Souls, whatever, like that sort of armor. It's never, sometimes it is, but rarely is it. I got this new armor and it is better in every category. Like I am just rolling with this thing that magic, like physical stat, like all this stuff is way better. It's usually like a Rob Peter to pay Paul situation of this one's gonna be better with magic, this one's better with physical, and same thing just with shields and everything like that. I haven't experimented much with the armor. That is something I wanted to bring up because for me, I got, I think it was my second hand axe I've gotten and I got to like a plus five or whatever right now. And I haven't gotten anything. I think that was uh, six, seven hours ago that I started to use that and have not found anything better for me, even though I have what seems like billions of new uh, weapons. Cause I just feel like I've picked up more in this game than I've picked up in any other game. Uh, I haven't yeah, So I haven't found armor that's better lately kevin was this like from the start you were switching out armor a lot or did you find better stuff later on well at the start i was kind of sticking to the same weapons and armor and that kind of thing so i started with an axe and i was using a regular axe for a long time and you know i would pick up armor here and there um but i would always tend to stick to the original armor for maybe about a third of the game and then things started to change and one of those things was how easy it is to get uh, to get shards and to you know to to start it's you know to, to so accumulate that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so what happened is I actually by the end of the game I actually had two plus ten weapons. Wow. And because 
and and it's not like I really went like I said there were secret areas that I never even got to. So because of that, I felt like I was really able to change up my play style more often than I ordinarily would have. Um, so I I had my axe as well as a uh, uh, a machete, mm-hmm. and I also had uh, a great axe that I had at plus eight at the end. So. Between the three of those weapons, like I always felt like I was, you know, I always had a lot more variety than I felt like I had in the in the previous game. So I, I think that's actually a plus. The downside is that it's really easy. Like when you, whenever you, you know, like in previous games, especially in Demon Souls, when you saw one of those little, uh, one of those little crystal geckos, it could be a real challenge to get it, you know, and then it would disappear, and you'd be like, oh fuck. <laughs> That almost that almost never happened in I Dark Souls. I think I've Souls let one or two slip by me so far. Everyone else has been pretty simple to get. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're always easy to get. And so I think there will be people disappointed that uh it doesn't really feel like much of a reward. Um but I think the upside is that I always felt like I had a lot of variety in terms of weapons. So if one thing didn't seem to be working, I could try a different approach. Yeah, for the the twinkling I think what are the the crystal lizards I think. There was one occasion where I was on top of a roof in the in the same area with the where you dunk your head in wax. And there were two lizards, uh, both there. I think they were facing different directions. And I looked at them and said, well, I have to pick one because they're obviously not going to get both. And I actually managed to uh, fall in such a way that I fell into the other one after I'd killed the first one. <laughs> so I, got, I actually was able to get them both. Yeah, so so for the most part, uh, those have been pretty easy to get. But in terms of armor, I think I've had, I had two sets of armor, uh, one for magic, one for physical, because I found a... I found a set called, I think, the the Fallen Black Knight armor in the um, the woods area, the the Woods of Sacrifice, I think it's called. And I just ha- I've had that uh, up until now, even um, only switching when there was a, a boss that did a lot of fire damage. But for weapons, yeah, I've definitely switched weapons a lot. Um, I found like a, a cleaver, like a butcher's cleaver with with a lot of jagged edges that um, has health steal, where every time you hit someone, you gain a bunch of life. Oh man, which is that's actually how I killed the deacons was I just re- I used the weapon skill um, that increases the amount of damage you heal. And I just because there's a group of them. So since you're hitting like multiple of those uh, the priests, you, you, you're you just getting a ton of health back every time you hit a bunch of those guys. Yeah. And then I had the uh, the great sword, which I got to plus nine. Um, and then I realized that there's one fight uh, with the ancient wyvern. Where even though I'd upgraded my cleaver to plus ten, I wasn't able to actually hit the dragon because uh, the it's weak on its tail and its head, and you couldn't actually I couldn't actually hit it with the cleaver, so I had to switch to my greatsword, and that actually made me really happy that I had upgraded two weapons because I was starting to think that um, one of my weapons was completely obsolete. But switching back to that greatsword and being able to actually reach that tail. Um, actually made me really happy that I had invested into weapons. So like Kevin said, I think with weapons, I've definitely felt like it's, I was able to explore different styles of weapons more. Even with, even with, uh, armor, I found that I had one set that I used through most of the game. And I, I think there is something to the fact, like you said, Kevin, where in the older games, it, it was kind of harder to get those materials. Like I, I for me, I would kind of just stick with one thing. I would upgrade it and not really upgrade other things. And that's kind of that mentality has carried over where I'm not upgrading other weapons, even though in reality, I probably have this surplus of like shards and different things that I could be doing. Because if I run into a situation where my 
plus six, plus five, whatever hand axe is not going to work, then I am boned. Like, I got nothing. I have some whip that I haven't put anything into that I want to try. Uh, but I feel like this, it does kind of encourage more experimentation with the weapons, even though I have not taken, a, taken any sort of advantage of that. And after this conversation, when I play this probably all night, I will likely do so and start upgrading other things and finding out what I like. I know in Bloodborne, I used that initial weapon the entire game, I think. Yeah, uh, the whip I definitely used throughout most of Bloodborne. Yeah, so I would like to actually experience, uh, try other things, see what else works. Maybe I'll find something I like way more. Quick aside, uh, speaking of like secret things, I think this was optional. Um, there's a part where there, so there's an elevator. Uh, this is the area where there's that big dude like throwing spears early on, um, like from a uh-huh. distance from a tower throwing spears, and then he can hurt you or hurt oh, you your hits. Yeah, you've seen nothing. With guys with spears yet. <laughs> okay, yeah. so this is like the first situation of that in this game. Um, and there is like a elevator area that it can, if it goes down, you fight some like crystal tiger thing, wolf thing. But it can also go up. And it, I don't exactly know what triggers it to go up. But every once in a while, it goes up toward that guy who throws the spears. And you can talk to him. He becomes your friend. And then he helps you with those spears. Did any of you guys experience this? Yeah, I, f- I found that guy, and I think he's only supposed to help you with the area that he's supposed to hurt you in. I, yes. Because I, I figured at first that, oh, I, fa- I finally found the guy who's been throwing all those goddamn spears at me, so I'm going to talk to him, and he's going to help me with the boss, because uh, his wish. tower overlooks the boss, but turns out that's not the case. Um, There's also that other area right there, if you jump down. Yeah. Where... Hey, Kevin, did you see any of this? Yeah, no, totally. Okay. Is that the is that the same dude where you give him uh you give him there's like a piece of uh tree that you've gotten at some mm-hmm. point and you can give that to him and he'll say, "Oh, okay." Yeah, that's the same guy. And, and it's like you, it's yeah. done. Yeah. If you're going back down the elevator, you can roll off and you talk to that knight and then you see some crazy like two-headed beast thing that he'll he will help you fight. Like he's sitting there trying to like surmise some battle plan and you go over and he's like, "Oh no, wait, I'm not ready." But he fights anyway and you can kill that thing. I, that's another one of those cool little quirks where I still don't totally know what triggered that elevator to go up. I could have just missed it because it seemed like every time I wanted to go up, it went down. Every time I wanted to go down, it went up. Uh, but that was one of those things I happened upon. And I feel like maybe I'm just searching a little bit deeper so far in this game. But I've had a lot more of those little things that are optional that were really cool. Have either of you seen any other random optional things you fell upon and you're like i had no idea this was here but this is really cool so for me apparently this is something i had to look for uh i had to find so there the game has i think like four endings or something and in order to get uh one of them you have to do a side quest that i think takes most of the game to do well um where you end up uh marrying someone uh, like you end up marrying an npc and i didn't find that but i just thought like that seems so i don't know that i've ever encountered that in a Souls game before where something something uh, that optional turns out to have a huge impact on the ending of the game. But I think other than that, I don't know that I... I, I found that guy, the the little... I don't know what those things are, but the guy who ends up being... The, the guy you find who's supposed to have been dead. And then um, I found the... Um, what's his name? The Stray Demon. Uh, in, like a ran, in that same area. I think it's across the bridge from that area. You fight the, the the stray demon again, but he's all like skeletal or something. He's white. He's completely white. Either he's covered in wax or he's a skeleton. But you fight him again, and I thought that was a pretty cool sort of. He's not a boss. He's yeah. not officially a boss, but 
I thought it was kind of cool that you just like randomly stumble upon this cameo, I guess, that mm. that a boss makes in the game. The more of that stuff, the better. I like the weird quirks. Yeah, Was there any really weirdness cool. that you found, Kevin? Not anything on that level. Um, I mean, there were there were a couple places where, you know, because I mean, I was, you know, like the two of you, I'm not playing where where I'm really connected to anybody. And so I would get into the habit of just every so often uh, attacking a wall. Um, just to see if it was a, just to see if it was, uh, you know, a, a hidden wall and every so often it would be, and there was one place and it's an area you haven't gotten to yet, Josiah, but there's a, there's this one place where it did. And there was this, um, huge sort of like, uh, one of those crystal demons, like, like in the game's very first area. Um, that shows up every so often, but it was super hard. Yeah. Um, and I forget what was, what was back there, but, uh, there were, you know, you didn't have to go back there, but there was, there was some kind of, uh, some kind of reward back there. I don't remember if it was, uh, you know, Titanite or, or whether it was, uh, some armor or something like that. But, uh, speaking of which, Josiah, you are about to enter easily my favorite area in the game. Yes is one of the most gorgeous places I've ever seen in any game. Yeah. And there's the moment where you you beat the boss and you walk out and you see it for the first time. Oh, yeah. And my jaw. Oh, did you get in there? Yeah, so that's when there was also a little message there saying, like, great view. And I immediately took a screenshot because I was like, holy shit, like, this looks, it's like that kind of snowy, almost, yep. like, dilapidated, it's like, city in its head. Like, it, it's it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most beautiful period, like moments in any Dark Souls is that visual moment where you walk out of the the dark area where you fight the boss cuz especially because you're like leaving the catacombs at this point. Yeah. And so, you know, you've been in the darkness and you you haven't been outside and then you walk outside and it's this incredible vista with you know the the northern lights or presuming it's north mm-hmm. um the you know the aurora is is in the sky and you know all this gothic architecture rising around you and and it's just it's phenomenal and then you re and then you run into lots of dudes with projectiles all <laughs> the time um which which for me is probably the thing that challenged me the most in the game is it feels like there was a greater emphasis not only on on enemies that were more agile but on enemies that used projectiles mm-hmm. um there were a lot of places and you you talked about the the guy with with the uh, the bolts um man there is a spot near the end of Irithil when you get to the place where you're going into in orlando where there are multiple dudes up there that throw those things at you and it probably is the hardest was the hardest area in the game for me that same area actually has another thing that i just it was the only thing in the game that i saw and just completely backed out of um so there's that boss that well not that boss but like the that giant sort of rabid dog thing that you fight on the bridge to erythil um so at one point there's a secret area you can find in Anorlando that puts that puts you in a pit with two of those things. And that was like the only time I have ever climbed down a ladder, saw those two things and immediately climbed back up and said, <laughs> "I'll come back to this later." <laughs> nope. Is that that the fighting just one of those things was one of the hardest parts in the game and just seeing two of those things I just I just said no. I didn't fight that thing on the bridge. I really ran real fast. I got through that barrier and then it can't cross the barrier. 
Oh, yeah. So he just like bumps its head okay. against it, turns around, and just disappears. He's not actually that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he's not hard. But uh, I'm trying to remember what he drops. And if I remember, he might drop this piece of armor. Um, that I... No, 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 no. He drops a ring. Okay. The pontiff's, uh, pontiff's ring. Pontiff's right I... eye, I think. Red eye, that's it. And I forget off the top of my head what it does. But I... Did I? But I do remember equipping it because it did come in handy at some point. God. All right. Then I. I go, think there's two of those back. rings. Yeah. There's there's the left and right eye, and then one of them increases uh, damage as long as you keep attacking, and yep. the other one heals you as long as you keep attacking. Oh, interesting. Man. All right. I'm ready to go back and do that. Uh, <laughs> so here's something that I've been wondering. Uh, did the way. Bloodborne played with much less defense and much more rolling around agility. Did the way Bloodborne play change the way you played Dark Souls 3 at the start at all? Um, because if I look back, like I, I feel like I played Demon's Souls very defensive. Uh, Dark Souls 1 kind of the same way. Skip Dark Souls 2. And then Bloodborne for me was all about just fucking don't stop for nothing. Like it was a lot of rolling around, a lot of backstabs, a lot of using the gun to, you know, make sure you're staggering people and i kind of for me personally i've kind of adopt still adopted that same mentality and used it on dark souls 3 because i'm just like running past dude there are areas where i just decide like ah, it's not worth it and i'll run by everyone or there's a lot of me rolling around at, with bosses instead of defending at any time i'll start with you kevin i know you played you reviewed bloodborne yeah. uh did, did that influence at all how you played this game not really but to be fair, um, in Dark Souls, for example, so in Dark Souls, I've usually been a turtler for the most part. Um, so usually I have big shield that absorbs 100% physical damage and then whatever else I might need depending on the boss for the situation. Uh, so typically that's how I've always played. But as you know, you can't really pull that off with a lot of bosses, um, either because you're running out of stamina too quickly and you're getting... You know, you're getting knocked around and taking damage, you know, and can't really do anything about it. Uh, So in Dark Souls, I beat multiple bosses by going naked and two-handing my weapon. And that was really, Yeah. So that's how I beat Moonlight Butterfly. That's how I beat... um, uh, What's what's the really... The one with the really... Ceaseless Discharge. Um... (laughs) is how I beat ceaseless discharge because, oh. because you have, there's no weight on you. Um, so you have the most agility when you're wearing nothing at all. That's and a life rule, by the way, but keep going. So, so I actually, you know, for me, you know, I still turtled whenever I could. And then when it just didn't work, I would either put something light on, but there is one boss that I beat naked and it was uh, the Twin Princes, which is the next, the last, the major, the next, the last major boss. I beat. Uh, I actually had to remember to block uh, that guy because I was trying to dodge all the time, and it ended up getting me killed. So I actually tried blocking for once, and his attacks don't drain all that much stamina, so you can actually uh, get more hits off. Well, I found that um, you can get more hits off on him if you block his string of attacks and then just hit him a couple times. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I hadn't thought to c- go completely naked. 
Yeah, I've I've done that a few times. So Bloodborne really didn't affect much. Um, but in Bloodborne, I mean, you had a what? You, there were some pathetic shields that you could use. Yeah. Um, but I never did that. Um, and also like some of the blood in Bloodborne, you know, there were a lot of times, particularly in bosses, where locking on just wasn't the right strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really ran into a situation with that in Dark Souls. There were a couple times where bosses would break lock on, which would really annoy me, but there was never a boss that I thought, well, I'm just not, I'm just going to forgo lock on because it's not, it's, it's not helping me, um, where that never happened in dark souls three. And because of that, I was never really inclined to change based on how I'd played played bloodborne. Yeah. So there were actually moments where I forgot that like, Oh yeah, I have a shield, <laughs> which is weird. It's just, it's just different ways to play this game. Serial, where, where, did you, were you more nimble and moving around because of Bloodborne, or did that not affect you at all either? Uh, so in Dark Souls 2, I think, was the only time that I ever went anything other than really agile. Um, I went with a, a super heavy build, just embraced the the, the slow, like, fat roll, and uh, had just built so much armor on me that I had, like, infinite poise and just could trade hits with bosses without ever really uh, worrying about it. But I think the thing that Bloodborne taught me specifically was the roll forward, where most bosses uh like their area of attacks like their swings and stuff don't always hit in right in front of them exactly so if you roll forward you'll end up you'll usually end up pretty close or behind them and they'll have missed so you can just wail on them so i use that a lot in bosses um but i had uh two two bosses that where lock on was completely useless for me in in, in this game one was uh osiris which is a, a pretty late game uh optional boss because he just he flies across the room right behind you and he breaks lock on and he's like the where you target him isn't where you want to hit him. So I just ended up not using lock on at all because he was moving around a lot. And then the the ancient wyvern um, is another boss where where you lock on is is unreachable because uh, it's like near the mid, middle of his body. and He's a giant dragon. But um, other than that, yeah, mostly did a lot of roll forwards, had a few bosses like uh, like I said, uh, the the Prince Brothers where. I I I switched to blocking and that worked out a lot better for me. But for the most part, yeah, I, I used the only thing that I really implemented from Bloodborne was roll forward. But I'd always been I'd always been rolling, as is the case in Dark Souls. There's a lot of rolling. Like rolling is the majority of what I do, and I think it's just in general. I'm I'm on such a if it ain't broke, don't fix it track of like ah, I don't need to block. I can just roll around and I haven't died too much yet. But I think the second I hit a boss that really just frustrates me to a certain extent, I'll start changing that style and maybe slipping back into more of like my my demon's souls and an original dark souls tendency uh so there's there's talk of this game being the last souls game uh just in terms of they you know you, you don't want too much of that same idea over and over and over again so just throwing this question out does this feel I, none of this game, none of these the series is really about story. You're not like, oh yay, there's an ending and everyone's happy the end. But does it feel in terms of what this game is, uh, gameplay wise, boss wise, everything wise, does this feel like a good ending point for the series, or do you feel like you want another one of these? Uh, I can start with Kevin. Make it stop now. That's 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 how I feel about it. Mm. Um, I mean, this is Dark Souls is my favorite game of of the last generation, so. I love the series, I love Dark Souls, and it's time for it to end. Um, I, I really feel like we've seen what they can do. And, and again, in the sense that Dark Souls 3 really is a greatest hits of Dark Souls. It's straightforward, it's what Dark Souls is. Um, 
And there was nothing more really done with that. I feel like they've riffed on it in Dark Souls 2. They riffed on it in Bloodborne. And I just don't think, unless you run the risk of this just becoming, you know, another Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty or something where it's like, oh, yeah, there's another one of those coming out. Now's the time for it to stop. Um, let them make a Togi 3 or, you know, yeah. Ninja Blade oh, geez, 2 great. or something uh, or, or whatever. Let them make an armored core that actually looks like a modern game. Um, something. <laughs> let them know, make let Chrome them, Hounds. Yeah. Chrome like Hounds another Chrome Hounds. Chrome Hounds is like, awesome. That'll ever happen. Or 3D.GameHeroes <laughs> 2. Or, you know, the, the thing is, From Software can do anything. Um, I actually love Ninja Blade, which <laughs> I'm weird. But uh, some people are really passionate about that game. I, w- I would really love to see a Ninja Blade too. So it's just one of those things where it's like, let them finish. They've shown what they can do. Anything more is just going to turn into, you know, variations on the same theme and it's not going to have the same impact. I think, and I already started feeling a little bit that way during Dark Souls 3, so I really feel like this is the time to end it, you know, do it on a high note, say, this is what we did, we made one of the best series of all time in games, and we're happy with that. Let's let's stop while we're ahead. That's how I feel about it, anyway. Yeah, I, I think I'm on, I remember even tweeting uh, before I played this game, I was like, I don't really feel like I really want a Dark Souls 3 because, I mean, I Bloodborne was one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game of last year. I really, really enjoyed that game and I love this series, uh, but there just wasn't a lot there for me. I was like, I, I think I've, I've you know been there, done that, I've seen it. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm very happy there's Dark Souls 3 because I am enjoying the hell out of this right now and I'm excited to tonight play a lot more of that. And I do agree, I think it's, I think it's time to move on and it'll be interesting to see moving forward, like are they going to lean on for their future games a lot, like from the Dark Souls guys, or are a lot of their new games, like if they do a new IP, are a lot of these kind of thematic elements going to carry over? I mean, I know that you know From Software does a lot of different stuff, but when the Dark Souls team makes a new game, like what is that new game going to look like? Is it going to be similar to this? It's it'll be interesting to kind of monitor moving forward. Uh, Suriel, are you are you are you done with Dark Souls? Are you do you want Dark Souls Four? Or are you good? Um. So in every Dark Souls game, every time I finish it, I'm immediately like, man, I want more of this. But it's gotten the amount of uh, time I spend with it after that uh, keeps getting shorter and shorter. So I played Dark Souls 2 two, uh, twice in a row and then Dark Souls 2 or I played Dark Souls twice in a row. And then I played Dark Souls 2 um, halfway through and then I didn't pick up Bloodborne again after I beat it. And I think with the with specifically with the way this game keeps calling back to other games. And the way um, the ending sort of wraps in around the series in on itself, I think this is a pretty good ending point. And I'm, but I'm glad I got this game because it it reminds me of everything I love about that game. Like uh, Kevin said, it is pretty much a greatest hits of of Dark Souls, and it's sort of the easiest one to recommend to other people, even though it's maybe not the most friendly to new players. It's sort of the easiest one to say this one doesn't have as many sort of like messed up or like. Uh, uh, like for lack of a better word, doesn't have as much jank as the other games. It feels sort of like the the one where you can say this has this is the most consistently good one, um, but it doesn't feel like it as fresh. So I definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to what else they do. And I think um, this game wraps it up, wraps everything up uh, as far as concept, story, um, pretty well. So I yeah, I think at this point I'm looking for something that isn't Souls from from that team. 
I definitely feel the same way about like I think I'm done, but I'm really happy this one happened. Like even though I came into this thinking I didn't want it, as I'm playing it now, I you know I was playing the division and playing EA Sports UFC and I dropped all that. I'm like no, I'm all you know all aboard Dark Souls Three train. Like I want to see this thing through and I'm interested to you know not just rush through it to see all the quirks, all the weirdness, all the bonus stuff, and hopefully eventually use something else other than this one hand axe. Uh, so. Just to kind of take this home, do either of you have anything specific about Dark Souls 3 that you want to kind of close with? Is there anything that I didn't bring up that really stood out about this game? Or do you think we have we have covered what we need to cover about Dark Souls 3? Uh, I want to live in Irithyll. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's really my big takeaway. I mean, in the end, when I look back on the greatest, the, the moments that meant the most to me in Dark Souls, it's probably the moment when you emerge from from that boss and see Irithyll for the first time that will be one of my top 10 Dark Souls moments. But I think it's pretty telling that most of my top Dark Souls moments will, you know, or Souls game moments will probably come from the other games, Um, which isn't to say that this isn't excellent. It's just that, uh, you know, in terms of the feel, the feel is better. And you find that out immediately if you if you play Dark Souls 2 after finishing Dark Souls 3. It, Dark Souls 2 is a fine game, um, but it's more ideas than it is um, flawless execution. And you really, really realize how far they've gone in terms of just the feel of combat and in terms of the, the presentation, in terms of audio, just how much they've done with Dark Souls 3. Um, but uh, overall, I'd say, you know, hey, it's a great way to end it. And that's, you know, I still love it. Mm. It's it's just that it's it's hard to have that impact after you've had all these other games come before it. So I, I would say Dark Souls 3's biggest problems are Dark Souls and Bloodborne <laughs> and Demon Souls and Dark Souls 2. The fact that they just exist is probably Dark Souls 3's biggest drawback, honestly. Part of this does make me want to go back and just play demon souls and see how far this thing has come because i think we at least i think i think i've just you get to the point where sometimes you're playing sequels or follow-ups and you assume it's kind of always been this way but i bet if i went back to demon souls right now i'd be like man this thing is rough but i don't know yeah i, I might load that up uh Cereal, is there anything at all that sticks out about this game i think i really i really like the way it um sort of calls back to those games and i think it improves on a lot of those ideas like uh, I think it does a better job. It has the sort of best rendition of the ha- uh, take away your max health mechanic that I've seen, mm-hmm. where it's instant. Um, I don't know. You haven't gotten to this part, but it, it does a really good job of making that uh, that stuff really threatening without making it kind of annoying. But um, other than that, I, I think we've covered everything else. And I'm excited to, I'm excited to hear the response to this. I'm excited to hear what people are saying. Uh, and I'd also look forward to jumping back in once real people are playing this game to join other people's games other people join my game and see some of the notes and see some of the stuff people come up with so uh, and also in general after talking to you guys i'm more excited to go back in and actually like play more of this thing and i'm happy i am not super deep in the game because if this is going to be the last dark souls i would like to like keep spending time discovering new things having those cool moments of look at this place and how am I going to tackle this boss and what angle should I take with this? So, uh, yeah, I think that about covers Dark Souls 3. I will most likely be, when I'm allowed to, tweeting more opinions about it as I play through it. What a weird and beautiful series this has been. Uh, 
Kevin and Serial, thank you so much for speaking with me about Dark Souls 3. Uh, and yeah, we'll have to do this again about when when some other big game comes out. But yeah, this is just one of those where you start playing it and you're like, I need to talk to people about this as soon as possible to just see where their heads are at. And I know, Kevin, you've reviewed a lot of these games and I feel like I've talked with you about these games a lot. So I definitely wanted to hear kind of where your head's at with it. So yeah, uh, thanks again, everyone. And thanks for listening. Hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.